0: Hi, I'm Cody Alexander with Match Quarters. Welcome to another edition of the Art of X show. This week, we're going to preview college football's week one. We got the NFL next week. We had week zero last week, had a pretty good game against Northwestern versus Nebraska. Nebraska, again, loses another close one. But today, we're going to kind of go through... What I'm looking forward to this weekend. What are some of the top matchups? I'm sure it's the exact same. Is kind of what you guys are excited for. So let's kind of go through, break things down. Week zero review. Like I said, Nebraska did it again. Close loss. I think for the seventh straight time. I think it's the first time in NCAA history that this that's ever happened since at least the I think it was like the AP era. Um, so again, I, I mentioned last week on the show. This is the Scott Frost year. It's make or break. You either start winning games or you don't. To lose. To a Northwestern team that went, uh, you know, only won three games last year, kind of goes to show where where that program is. It doesn't matter. It's kind of the same old thing. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how they can flip the script. Um, they don't have the easiest matchup. North Dakota's come into town uh, in Lincoln. I know that that's an FCS team, but. You have a game in Ireland. You come back to the States. You should have won that game. Here we are again. We lose a close game. What's that going to look like uh, for the Huskers going forward? UConn. UConn, yes, UConn, the UConn Huskies, not the basketball team, but UConn Huskies actually played a football game. Their D wasn't bad. Um, I was very surprised. In fact, they ran a really good form of the four-two-five. 2 um, I really enjoyed watching them. If you follow me on Twitter at all, you probably saw me spam your your uh, Twitter uh, account with a bunch of clips of UConn football actually playing some good defense. Um, I don't know what Morris is doing up there, but they actually look like a football team. I know that this has been a program that has kind of been kind of off and no one's really been thinking about it but they do have a solid defense they played some solid defense especially against a Utah State team that has all three of their returning big men their quarterback running back and wide receiver uh, and they kind of put them to the test now Utah State pulled away late but you had you had UConn actually playing really good football which which was encouraging uh North Texas uh, kind of my team uh, because of Phil Bennett my mentor that's who I who I pay attention to a lot obviously other than other than the Baylor Bears Uh, they played a solid game versus UTEP so kind of some of the games that I previewed last week they ended up being pretty good games Uh, I had Nebraska beating Northwestern you know kind of pulling for Scott Frost to kind of Put it all together, but again, I mentioned last week in the show, Northwestern tends to ride this roller coaster where they have a down year, they have a good year, they have a down year, they have a good year. Does this spell a good year for Northwestern? Only time will tell, but we look like we're on the upper trend of Northwestern, and Nebraska looks like we're headed back towards a seven win, eight win season again for Scott Frost, losing another close game. Let's look at a week one preview full slate of game starting on Thursday. I'm actually excited about the West Virginia versus Pitt game. First time it's been, and we're going to do a little bit more of a preview later in the show, but First time it's been around in almost a decade. It might have been over a decade. Uh, So I'm excited for that game. That is one of those deals, if you've ever been in that area, I've I've been lucky enough to actually go, uh, uh, well, unlucky enough. It was the Geno Smith 800-yard game where they just dropped bombs on us. I think they had Tavon Austin, uh, Stedman Bailey, Uh, and they just were uh, he had eight over 800 yards it was basically a it all it was was basketball on grass and and i I, that was the first time in my life i was just like i i literally don't know anything about football um so that that game is exciting if you've ever been up to that region this is a rivalry that is a big time rivalry that a lot of people don't talk about outside of the region but it is a huge rivalry i'm excited that it's coming back penn state versus purdue is another good game uh purdue has a you know purdue's one of those teams again like northwest it, it's one of those perennial Big Ten teams that you just kind of have no idea until they start playing games whether they're going to be good or not. Are they, gonna, they, they could easily go four and eight. They could easily go eight and four. You have no idea until they start playing games. Penn State, again, you know, trying to put it together, trying to keep up with the Joneses in terms of Ohio State and Michigan, trying to push for that and, and just constantly be getting better. Friday, best of Virginia Tech versus Old Dominion. Now, if you're like, Coach, why are you putting Virginia Tech versus Old Dominion? This is a game where you could see a G five team actually win against a uh, Power Five team. I do think that this is a good game because it's local. There's going to be a lot of players that know each other from high school. You're going to see a lot of um, regional rivalries that have known each other. They're going to be playing, and also it is an opportunity because what uh, Virginia Tech is going to Old Dominion. You never know when some of these larger schools early in the season they go to these smaller schools. How that's going to factor out and i think they they uh i think they even have uh, virginia tech only only winning by i think a touchdown so that that's something to look forward to illinois versus indiana is another good game that's going to be on friday illinois uh took care of kind of a depleted wyoming team uh and i'm i'm just interested to see how Bielema is gonna gonna grow that program and if they can get back to the glory days of when i was a kid when they were winning 10 games a season tcu versus colorado is a really intriguing game this is the post gary pass Patterson era versus a Colorado team that constantly seems to be rebuilding. It is in Boulder. Uh, if you've never been to that stadium, it's one of the most beautiful stadiums a lot, uh, a lot um, out there. That This is my childhood team. I love Colorado. I, I go visit the state every year. Uh, and it's it, that Boulder campus is one of the most beautiful campuses in the country. Interesting game to see where TCU will be going. Can Dykes keep up that trend and kind of that, uh, you know, they had a lot of, a lot of things going at SMU, a lot of hype building up behind that program. Can he transfer that over to the TCU program and get more and more uh, kind of top level recruits to, to go to Fort Worth, Colorado, again, uh, trying to find stability trying to find players trying to win games in the pac-12 and then this is this will be a good test and something to see uh, as we get in there saturday sleeper games these are games that are going to be played on saturday we're not going to cover them in depth here in the show but these are games that i would look forward to as we get into saturday south dakota state versus iowa this is one of those games where if I, because of the way that Iowa state plays defense and the way that Iowa state plays offense, that this, if this is a slug, slug fest, And they just kind of, they're not scoring a lot of points on offense. The defense is always going to play solid, but if they're not scoring a lot of points on offense, South Dakota State is one of the better teams in the FCS. You know, North Dakota State is the one that gets all the love, but South Dakota State has always been on their tail and has built a really, really good program that has put players in the NFL, has gone deep in the playoffs, uh, and they do an excellent job. Their offense is not very easy to defend, they do a lot of tight. In sets with with quarterback run game, how that's going to affect them? Uh, that will be an interesting game. Here's another opponent, another ACC opponent going to a G5 stadium on week one, and that's North Carolina versus Ab State. Now North Carolina has players they should be they should be good they should be able to take care of app state but app state has always been one of those sneaky good programs where you look up at the end of the year and they've won 10 games they dominate the sun belt now that napier is out at florida and he's not he's not at louisiana anymore it is now app State's. uh app state is kind of the king of the sun belt along with that growing uh coastal carolina program but i'm interested to see how North Carolina reacts going to Boone, going into the, into the hills, going into the mountains. Can they take care of the Mountaineers uh, in a game, a week one game? Again, I mentioned this last week. You never know in week one how a team is going to react. Um, we saw that with Nebraska. They got up. Then they got down and then they could—they just couldn't do anything at the end. They end up losing a close game. This is one of those games where you could see an ACC team again, go to a G five uh, school and go to there and still lose the game. I think this is going to be close. I think North Carolina pulls it out, but this is a game that I would look for Liberty versus Southern miss. I put this on here because one Liberty's offense is fun to watch. I know that uh, Malik Willis is now in the NFL playing for the Titans, but this is a quarterback friendly system, It always has been, and it's going against what, what I think is a, a rising uh, head coach in Will Hill, but also the, the defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, who I know really well. He does a really, really good job. He's been around some phenomenal coaches. At Louisiana and Georgia uh, and so now he's getting his own shot they did a really good job last last year on defense kind of putting together especially with uh, just everything going on in, in building a new program and building a new culture at that place that place at, at and Southern Miss has a history of having really good football Mississippi has a lot of great players in that state so it's not uh, unforeseen that this is something that we could see them having a, a, a relatively good year so look into that that's a kind of the modern ncaa offense versus what the uh, modern defense kind of think about the you know like power five elite guys like georgia alabama baylor what are those guys doing and now florida with with patrick tony what are those guys doing he's this is kind of the light version of that this is going to be at southern mist all right let's get into my top games of the this week's slate west virginia versus pitt the backyard brawl it's the first game since 2011 west virginia won the last one 21 20 these are usually close games um it's at 6 p.m on espn pitt is a seven and a half favorite for this Um, obviously the West Virginia didn't have the greatest season last year Um, I've talked about their defense before about how they're very simulated pressure heavy I think it's a good defense to look at if you're looking for ideas on how to bring simulated pressures from different looks Um, Pitt obviously you're going to get the Narduzzi 425 if you've if you're a 425 any anything you've always looked at Gary Patterson and you've always looked at Narduzzi Uh, and those are the guys that you kind of those are kind of the name names that you're going to look for Uh, so I'm I'm interested to see how how these go around you're going to have you know kenny pickett's not a pit anymore how's that offense going to look uh west virginia was great versus the run last year so again is Pitt going to be able with their quarterback be able to throw the ball they lost their top quarterback they lost their top receiver so how's that going to look this is a game that west virginia could could sneak in and win. The addition of JT Daniels, especially at West Virginia. Uh, so he, you know, JT Daniels has kind of bounced around, but now I think he's found a home in West Virginia. Graham Harrell, who is coming from USC, is familiar with JT Daniels, coming to West Virginia. Can they get the offense off the ground? The thing to look at for Pitt was they were good against the pass last year, 14th EPA, and are always high in tackle for losses. So is that going to affect the offense? Can JT Daniels get the ball out quickly? You know that they're going to blitz him. You know that you know Narduzzi is going to have some sort of a plan to really put pressure on JT Daniels and prove, hey, look, you were supposed to be an elite quarterback. Can he become that uh, for the Mountaineers? On the other side, a lot of USC connections in this game. New USC addition from uh, uh, Keaton Slovis. Keep, can he keep that pit offense humming? Can he bring something to the table and keep what Kenny Pickett did last year? Now, I know there was a lot of, uh, you know, Narduzzi and Whipple. There was too much passing last year. You want to run the ball, you know, kind of old grouchy man, uh, de- you know, kind of defensive minded coach. How is that going to affect? I think the pit's going to have to hit on passes in order to win this game. I think it's going to be a slugfest again. I would take the under on this and pit for Pitt. I would say that Pitt probably wins, but it's going to be even closer than than a touchdown and a half i think everybody has this this is a red letter game on everybody's calendar i think everybody's interested in this um i think georgia has the better players i think dan lanning is going to be a phenomenal head coach i'm excited that he got away from the sec and didn't just become i think the problem with the sec is what we saw in the nfl for a long time is that every every it's just kind of homogeneous everybody's the exact same everybody's kind of a saving guy and so you know the offenses are all the same the defenses are all the same everybody's doing the same thing um i i so i'm excited for him to go to um oregon and see what he can do there uh he was the defensive coordinator at georgia these guys know each other really well the georgia staff knows the oregon staff really well the oregon staff knows the georgia staff really well so this is one of those games where if you've ever watched like a georgia alabama game you're, it's hard to kind of really tell like what things are because they're really in tune with how things look because they understand that the other team knows all their checks and knows all their calls and knows everything because those guys share stuff in the, in the offseason. Those guys are constantly bouncing ideas off of each other. So this will be an interesting uh, kind of game to see how, what what is Dan Lanning going to do differently now that he's away from Kirby Smart and, and, and the Nick saving system, is he going to continue uh, building on what he did at Georgia? Is Are they going to run the exact same system? Is it going to be a little bit different? You know, he brought uh, uh, Matt Powellage from Baylor, who knows that Ron Roberts ran the system really well. What are the influences that are going to be on that? Are we going to see some other things? Lapui uh, and Lanning, how are they going to evolve that? That defense, if you remember, Lepui was the defensive coordinator before Pete Golding was at Alabama. So it will be interesting to see. This is kind of his second chance of being a defensive coordinator running this system. What has he learned being in the NFL and from the time kind of being getting fired and getting forced out at Alabama? Uh, What will the encore be for the 21 defense for Georgia? It was one of the most elite defenses within the last decade decade and a half how is that going to then transgress into this year how are they going to build the one thing that i love about the georgia guys is that they are willing to sit down and say this is what we were last year if we have to do the same things how can we make that look differently? How can we, what we did last year, translate into something different this year? They're always constantly looking for ways to change and be different. That is the one thing, talking to um, uh, Dan Lanning uh, several times, that's the one thing that I've always pulled away is that those guys are willing to be different. I know, I you know, the famous uh, kind of coaching clinic that uh, Kirby Smart did here down in in Texas uh, talking about kind of, you have to be different you have to find ways you have to evolve talking about how Ohio state and giving up 40 points to them in, in uh in a bowl game that changed the way that Saban and smart looked at defense. They knew they had to change. So I'm interested to see what that evolution was last year. It was a lot of five man pressures, um, their, Georgia's defensive uh, coordinator Schumann did a uh, clinic this year for Nike on their cross dog uh, pressures and how they've kind of become a cross dog uh, defense. Will that translate into this year? Are they going to do some different things? If you remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago that everybody was obsessed with the NFL simulated pressures in the third down package. Uh, they've kind of moved away from that and gone to more five down pressures, uh, five man pressures, getting one on one blocks and doing that. Is that going to be the same? trend that they see here in uh, 2022 or are they going to have something different for us what are the week one wrinkles that's what I'm interested in this is going to be a great game you're going to see because they've been able to work on this since the spring summer fall camp for this game they've been working on different kind of wrinkles and different things to do because they they know the familiarity each team needs to win this game for Oregon, it would be uh, kind of, hey, we're back to national prominence. Uh, Georgia, it is, hey, we're it's the same old story this year. We're we're you know return we're returning for for that national title chance. Georgia by seventeen, I I would say that this game will be a little bit closer, um, but I do think Georgia wins probably by two touchdowns. So I think seventeen is close. I would probably go with it with two touchdowns, um, but that's at two thirty on ESPN. Cincy versus Arkansas. I think this is a really unique matchup of two hybrid defenses, and then you have two two kind of spread offenses. You have Kendall Biles at Arkansas. Uh, Cincinnati has always kind of had that that really good spread offense. Um, can they replace the the plethora of NFL players that left on on uh, defense? And then what are they going to look like post Ritter? Um, they, you know, this is a program that I feel like can reload. They've been able to get some transfer players in there, but what is that offense going to look like? Um, Trestle ran a hybrid defense last year. I talked about it on the sub stack moving around from kind of a, you know, you know that, that, three, three, three stack where they were running a lot of cover one, they would shift down into four man fronts because they had such good defensive linemen. Are they going to do the same thing this year? Or are they going to kind of go back to the 2019 model where they, they were kind of an odd stack team that ran a lot of cover one, or are they going to lean more heavily on four down fronts, which I think is a trend that we're seeing in college football is going back to more four down fronts uh, for the pass rush. They were top 20 last year, EPA and run a pass. They had a lot of NFL players the past couple of years, is that going to translate? Can they reload on defense? I think that's going to be the biggest thing because you are going to get an Arkansas offense that did lose their top receiver but the offense is still loaded. They got most of their offensive line back. They got their quarterback back. Um, this is something that I would see. It's a wide receiver friendly offense. Anyway, it always has been go back to the Baylor days, Florida Atlantic days. Um, even at Florida state, they were able to have success with receivers This is a receiver friendly offense. Obviously it kind of goes better when you have a go daddy, but Uh, Just for instance, in, in Arkansas, I believe that the offense will be fine. In fact, it'll probably be better than Cincinnati's if you're looking at it. Hey, who's got the better offense? It probably you probably would lean for towards Arkansas. The key for the Hawks would be up front on defense. Can that defensive line create some sort of pressure? I know it's kind of a that again going back to that three 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 look that a lot of teams in college are, are running. Can the D line make that? Bumper Pool, who is one of my favorite players that I've ever got to coach. I think he's a phenomenal human being as much as he is a phenomenal player. Uh, in fact, he led he led the the college football in in stops last year and percentage of stops he was rotating through because they had a lot of linebackers uh, a lot of quality linebackers this is kind of his year to just start and be the guy drew sanders is a transfer from alabama he is a physical specimen the kid is huge he played some at edge at alabama but he's going to be a box backer in uh in Arkansas. So it will be interesting to see how those two kind of help the D line and assist with the D line in, in stopping the run and creating some sort of that. But they have the potential to be one of the best linebacker duos uh, in the SEC in terms of production. So it will be interesting. I've got Arkansas. I think Arkansas wins by a touchdown. I would take the over on that. Uh, but I do think it's an interesting game uh, and something to look forward to 230 on ESPN. Utah versus Florida. I think everybody's looking at the Oregon-Georgia game, and then they're all looking at, okay, when is the Utah-Florida game? Napier will have to retool an unproductive pass offense. It was 85th EPA last year. But this is a guy that has proven that he can build at Louisiana, and he can build something out of nothing at Louisiana. His offenses were always tough to handle. They were always physical, and so it will be interesting to see how that's going to translate into Florida and how quickly he can get that uh, offense humming. Uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Tony again, one of my favorite people in college football. He's a rising star. I would expect the defense to play well. What I like about him is he's a teacher. He goes along the line. He's innovative. He's looking at what are the trends. He's trying to develop that uh, kind of a defense that is different than what other people. People are doing but at the same time is using best practices from from everywhere he had a great defense last year at louisiana you know they did not have a drop off when ron roberts went to went to baylor you know there was a lot of question marks can tony handle it can he call a defense and he has he has shown that he can um and he has he deserves this shot at florida so do i think that this is the year is Florida going to surprise everybody and, and win 10, 11 games? Probably not. But do I think that this is a Florida team that will be better than what people have expected? Yes. I do think Napier can get the offense figured out. I do think that the Florida defense is going to be much better than it has been it's a qb driven world can richardson make that jump can napier make that offense quarterback friendly enough for richardson to finally make the jump i know a lot of people in florida have been looking at Richardson. he was supposed he was a four-star recruit phenomenal athlete can he get it settled down and can he get uh some production from him if he can this is a dangerous team uh can Utah win outside I think that's going to be the biggest question if Florida is able to control outside and it becomes a a ball control offense for Utah can the quarterback end up winning this game because he's going to have to throw to win the game Um, now it could be one of those where Utah's just much more physical than Florida and they're able to run the ball and they just it doesn't matter I don't foresee that happening I think that you're going to see a close game obviously uh, you know the the betters think the. Same thing it's minus three at utah i think that's probably good i think it utah this is a potential for utah to really show hey we're going to be the king of the pack 12 right now the defense was not abysmal last year it was middle of the road if they can climb into the top third and they had a, they have another top 25 offense again this is a team that could easily win 10 11 games uh, and kind of push for uh playoff contention so That's going to be the biggest thing. Can Utah's receivers get open? Can they manufacture some big plays uh, through the air? That's going to be the key to winning this game for Utah. I think Florida is probably a year away from being elite, Um, but I I would take probably Utah on this, but I do feel like Florida is going to be in the game late, and they're going to have an opportunity to win. The key is, again, in everything, QB-driven world, who is going to be the better QB on Saturday? And that's probably whose team's going to win. Notre Dame versus Ohio State. The biggest question here is who can synchronize the quickest? Is it going to be Notre Dame's quarterback situation or the Ohio State, State D under Knowles? I think Ohio, the, the biggest recruit Ohio State signed this offseason is going to be Knowles. They're going to clean up that defense. It has been a thorn in the side of day the past several years they've been trying to figure it out they've been kind of beating their head on a wall doing the exact same thing and i think he finally had that epiphany that probably uh, Saban had and, and Smart had when they played them in 2014. And then I, you know, some of these offensive coaches, they finally realized, oh, hey, I need to actually hire a legitimate defensive coordinator that's going to come in here that is doing some things that are a little bit maybe different than what we've always done, but are forward thinking. And that is Knowles. I wrote uh, in this past offseason about Knowles and the search for the ultimate hybrid defense. Knowles was running this hybrid four down, three down, three high defense and moving guys around. He has a Leo position, which is a hybrid position, uh, and he just moves that guy around wherever he needs it. They're in an over front. They're in an under front. They're in an odd front, and they just kind of move guys around. Secondary is different, too. I think bringing that to the Big Big Ten is going to be huge. I think settling things down, having a forward-thinking defensive coordinator. Look, the offense is always going to be elite. Now you're going to get the defense kind of tightened up. They've always had players on defense. Here's the thing. It's not that Ohio State's defense has ever been bad. It's just that it's needed to change. I mean, you go back to the Alabama championship game where you have the Heisman trophy winner running up the middle of the field against a linebacker uh, that's 220 pounds, uh, 230 pounds, and he's the three-up player in cover three. That that doesn't make sense. You've got to have other ways of eliminating athletes, and, and I think Knowles will bring that. Um, Notre Dame will be breaking in a new quarterback how is that going to look the one thing that I think with there is that the continuity of the staff is still there yes there's a new head coach but I do think that you're going to see continuity so it's going to come down to talent I think Ohio State has more talent that's obviously why they're a 17 point favorite it's kind of like the Oregon Georgia game where you've got a 17 point I think it'll be a little less than that this is one where I would I, I would almost take the over. I just don't know does does Notre Dame have the athletes to match up versus Ohio State across the board, especially when they're playing good D. Probably not. I think this is a, an Ohio State team that's going to be really really good on offense. They're going to have a top top thirty defense which means in this day and age if you can have a high level offense in a top 30 or a top third defense you're probably going to be in the mix for a national championship notre dame's defense is primed for a big year because it is that second year this is that second year in the system that's usually when you see the jump so are they going to be with with kind of the, some guys that they've had leave for the nfl are they going to be able to replace those reload and still move forward it needs to rep- improve against the run i think I think that's one thing that i've always enjoyed about day day has never shied away from the run game yeah you have the receivers and the passing game is really sexy for ohio state but in terms of run game they do like to run now Notre Dame was great against the pass. So it's going to come down to can you know, how are they going to be able to stop the run? Are they going to have to load up the numbers and then expose themselves to one-on-ones versus Ohio State's receivers? Because the cover is isn't bare, right? It's not like Ohio State lost all their receivers and it's just like they've got just a bunch of average Joes standing on the sideline. Uh, Now getting to play. That's not the case at all. It's still Ohio state. They're still going to have a lead offensive player. So can they still be a top 10 passing defense? They're going to have to clean up their run fits a little bit at Notre Dame. Again, you kind of want to be at least in the top, top 30 and run and then be be being elite in the past. And that's usually where you're going to be a really, really good defense. Ohio state needed to change their defense. And and I mentioned that earlier in this, they brought in Knowles to do it. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm, you know, this is going to be one of those, uh, you know, Ohio state, you probably need to watch it for defense Mark it on your calendar. When are, when are they playing? I'm going to make sure that that game's recorded and I go back and watch it <laughs> hybridizing everything. I think that, you know, Ohio state is getting on the trend with everybody else. We're going to hybridize the offense. We're going to hybridize the defense. Candles get the stars aligned quickly. I think that's going to be, that's going to be what it is. If they come out and they play, Vanilla 425 for the first couple weeks, you're going to see some people being like, okay, what are we doing? And as he's sprinkling things in, um, I think he's a good teacher. I think they're going to come in. They're going to have a game plan for for Notre Dame. And I think you're going to see a hybrid defense. You're going to see something that has been completely different than what's had at Ohio State. And I think it will be refreshing for the Ohio State fans. Um, I truly think if things are clicking in Columbus, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the offense is going to be great if the defense can push into that upper 30 that upper third of, of defenses in the NCA, i think this is a team that could easily push for a national title and it could be a huge year for the ohio state buckeyes all right let's wrap things up you have games through uh thursday through monday concluding with clemson versus georgia tech on uh, monday i think the Clemson game is going to be interesting. I want to see what that offense looks like. Uh, Georgia Tech obviously has kind of done a reshuffling of both staffs. Jeff Collins trying to get things together and get things moving forward at Georgia Tech, so that would be an interesting game. Yeah, Florida State versus LSU Friday. Um, I, I again, that's going to be a big, big time game. Can Norvell get the Florida State? Uh, back to where we're used to seeing it winning nine, 10 games. LSU is going to be LSU. I think everybody kind of, you know, with Kelly going there, what's that going to look like? You know, he's going to win games early. And then he kind of gets everybody mad at him late. So, you know, this, if they're going to be successful, it's going to be within these next couple of years. Uh, here's here's some things to look for. uh I, These are fun. You know what's the Power Five team that I think is going to lose to the FCS uh upset? I, I mentioned that earlier: North Dakota versus Nebraska. Now, North Dakota State gets all the credit, and they get all that. But the North Dakota football program is really, really good. And I also mentioned earlier the South Dakota State versus Iowa. I think one of those two teams is going to lose to an FCS team. So that's where I see the Power Five losing to the FCS. It has happens every year in week one week two uh these are the two this week that i think that if you're looking at it That's, that's, that's a good one to look for best game. No one will talk about is Houston who's ranked versus UTSA who had an unbelievable season last year. Uh, This is going to be a team. This is going to be a game where a lot of the kids know each other. A lot of the coaches know each other because of the recruiting around, they recruit a lot of the same players. And this is going to be one of those, one of those games. It's UTSA plays really good defense. They have a solid offense. You've got Houston who's going to always have a good offense and they're going to have a solid defense. You know, whose offense is going to be humming early on? That's probably who it's going to be. I think Houston has a really good opportunity uh, to kind of grow prior to them joining the Big 12. I think that this is a program headed in the right direction. Uh, they They have great coaching. They have great players. Can UTSA knock them out in the Alamo Dome? That will be interesting. But I think that's a huge game that nobody's talking about. Uh, To keep an eye on biggest season surprise. So here everybody talks about it. week one going in. What's going to be the biggest surprise? Um, I think North Carolina State is going to win the win the ACC. They're going to win 10, 11 games. I think they're going to have a huge year. Um, I think their defense is really good. They have an elite quarterback uh, who's an NFL caliber prospect. Um, I mentioned earlier with Clemson. I just don't know what that program is is going to look like this year. Right. The offense was abysmal last year. The defense is transitioning away from Venables, post-Venables. Now, normally I wouldn't sweat a DC leaving a program, uh, but Venables is different. Venables has basically been the head coach uh, on that side of the ball for a long time. He's an established person there. He has connections with all those kids, And, and don't get me wrong. Uh, Wes Goodwin, I think is a, is a great coach. He's going to be, he's going to do fine. The defense is going to be, you know, probably just take a little bit of a step back just because you're naturally going to have that when there, when there's some change, especially when you lose a guy like Venables, I'm just concerned about the offense. There was no creativity last year. What's that going to look like? I think the cracks are there for a team like Florida state, a team like North Carolina state to surprise, you know, my thing is is if Florida state wins the ACC. I just don't think people people are going to be surprised. Right, it's Florida State. They should be winning the ACC every year. I do think a team like North Carolina State has an opportunity this year to really lay the groundwork for building something in an ACC and in kind of where we are uh, with 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 football expansion and all that stuff to really solidify themselves as a program that is on the rise with an elite quarterback and one of the top defensive units uh, in the country. So. That's going to be my big surprise. That's what I'm looking forward to uh, this, this, uh, um, this season. I think it's going to be a fantastic year. I'm excited. To see what the trends are going to be, uh, especially at the college football level, and then headed into the NFL, uh, you know, gauntlet that is going to start next week. So, thank you for joining me on this week's Art of X show. I'm Cody Alexander. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at the underscore coach underscore A. Follow Match Quarters on YouTube. Make sure to hammer the subscribe button. Make sure to follow me on Substack for a weekly look at what things are going on in in football as I try and make the complex simple. Uh, Thank you for joining me today.